0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: See? You feel it? You feel it? It's on to the break of dog. If
2: you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three.
1: Bad boy. Four, five, six.
3: BIG! Ah! You can never see
1: what 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 happiness I have in me. It's like I'm eating ice cream, watching a movie with Alex and my
3: family, every family. And it's like all together watching a movie, eating popcorn and uh, ice cream with Alex and everybody, even my friends, watching a movie in the movie theater. That's what I feel right now.
4: Be the kid. I'll tell you
3: what, it's Tuesday and I'm saying Ram It. And now, One Team, One Dream, our feature presentation. Why <laughs> <Yes. laughs> ever say that?
5: It. I felt it.
3: Morning everybody! brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It's Tuesday morning, the 4th of September. Hey,
6: Kofefi, How you feeling? Kofefi, Why would you think you knew it? going to have to explain that. I'm well, good. I, you're the one who watches the news or doesn't watch I the news? I don't. Right?
7: Mm. I don't watch the news. That's right. Because I'm a kid.
6: Right. Um, a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> well, this is starting great. Um, <laughs> President Trump tweeted out. Oh Ah, right. uh, In the middle of the night, got it. Right. And got nobody it. had any idea what the hell he was talking about. Got it. And then the best part about it is, then Sean Spicer, who was his press secretary at the time, gets up on the podium and says, "People who need to know know what it means." I love that, <laughs> which was so great because <laughs> it didn't mean anything. <sighs> so that's what I was thinking about all weekend. I was thinking, "How's Kevin really doing though? He's going to say he's fine, but how's he really doing?" <laughs> you all right? I'm good. Have a good weekend fantastic yeah never better
5: even with all that radion derf
6: (laughs) because of we just can't wait to get into it because i know we need to save it okay save it it's hard though it's so hard because it's all we've been thinking about the whole weekend log is (laughs) is radion (laughs) derf dangerous is it something we need to move away from do we need to change the laws in california what's going on What about the children? Are the children in danger from Radeon Durf? (laughs) Always the children. Always the children. (laughs) Allie, how was your weekend? You had visitors.
5: great. Yeah, I had a visitor until Sunday morning and then had a great brunch on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then I just did nothing yesterday.
6: That
3: free day is pretty sweet. It's
5: the best.
3: We should get one of those every week.
5: We should look into that. Just
3: let's work Tuesday to Friday. Okay. Mm -hmm. Everybody gets Monday off. Yeah. All right.
6: All right. right, It has been decided. Okay, good. Although, I don't think anyone would even notice that, work, that we work for. <laughs> oh, that's very show In years, they, they couldn't <laughs> tell if we were here or not. That's very true. Well, we do have a great show today with two great guests to get to. But let me start with this story because I find this fascinating. I think I know where you guys are going to come down on this one. But this is a story out of, well, let's just say Canada. There's a place called... Oh, so use. Oh, so use is probably not how it's pronounced, but let's find out what the controversy is that uh, led to a young woman losing her job.
8: Degraded. Um like, I, like, I'm like, i just waiting for my right to vote to be taken away. Yesterday, Christina Schell okay. was a waitress at the Asuyas Golf Club restaurant. Today, she's filing a human rights complaint. I never thought I'd have to face this.
6: What do you think the human rights wow. complaint is about? What did they ask her to do or not do at work that led her to the standoff where she got fired? It was a restaurant? It was a restaurant. She was a waitress at a restaurant at a fancy uh, golf resort place.
5: Wow. Human rights.
6: Human rights. Let's find out. Um,
5: okay. i angry
8: more than anything. The 25-year-old started her serving position just three weeks ago. She says she does not wear a bra for health reasons. <laughs> Shell's braless appearance in this <laughs> uniform prompted complaints from customers.
6: Okay, so they fired her because mm-hmm. she refused to put on a bra. She says, as you'll hear later in the piece, that you shouldn't be allowed to regulate uh, undergarments. Now, uh, it seems to me like there are a lot of jobs where you have uniforms where right. pretty much everybody kind of has to do it. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You have to follow the rules of the company, whatever yeah. they are. got to follow the rules. I want to ask you, Allie, because I didn't look this up, but I thought maybe you would know. What kind of health reasons would there be for a woman to not wear a bra?
5: I don't know. The only thing I can think of when women that have very large Mm-hmm. Bazumbas. Mm-hmm. It could be digging into their skin because they're so heavy, mm-hmm. but in which case, I would think you wouldn't want them
6: right flopping yeah. all over
5: the place, would
6: you? It seems, seems like a, the the correct bra would be helpful. Is that a nice. description of her being? Not at all. Not at all. Oh. Not at all. No, she's she's a, a small chested woman, uh-huh. and maybe she's just uncomfortable, and maybe she just doesn't even you know doesn't want to go through the hassle of putting it on because it doesn't make any difference to her. But you know how people flip the F out if they see the hint of a nipple through a shirt. Oh, good God. I mean, it is the end of the world. Let's hear some more.
8: She claims management <clears throat> then attempted <clears throat> to have all employees sign this dress code agreement, which includes... Women must wear either a tank top or bra under their uniform shirt. She refused to sign it. I don't think any other human being should be able to dictate another person's undergarments. Shell says she feels like she was forced out of the job for refusing to comply with what she views as a sexist dress code.
6: I will tell you that I have some sympathy to her position because although I do think I would sign with the restaurant on this one, because I do think if you, if if the uniform includes a hat, you got to wear a hat. If it mm-hmm. includes, you know, dress shoes, you got to wear dress shoes. I get that, but on the other hand, I think it's crazy that she's a small-breasted woman who didn't look didn't look bad. You just could see some nipple. That's it. I have and to do some research. I, I don't.
3: Yeah. I well, can't rule without want, some like, extensive a while research. To yes,
5: maybe leave the room. <laughs> we need about an hour <laughs> okay. and a oh, half. I'm wow. hoping that there Impressive.
6: will be mass mass protests in christina shell's honor is what i'm hoping i'm hoping they'll be marching in the streets braless women but what i'm saying is i do think this points to the bigger problem which is that people need to relax a little bit about boobs
5: let me ask you a question Bean. yes because you are obviously being very kind to this woman she shouldn't (laughs) wear a bra if she had huge boobs that were (laughs) hanging down to her waistline right would you say the same thing, or are you just thinking, "Oh, pretty erect, taut little nips"?
6: No, I think what I'm saying is it's it's the public's uh, it's the public's fascination with how a, a woman chooses to w- what she chooses to wear mm-hmm. and how she chooses to be comfortable. But I don't think it's any of my business whether she wears a bra or not. I think that's what I'm saying. No matter what the size of her breasts are, I don't think she's put. I don't think she's in that restaurant to make me enjoy looking at her. Mm-hmm. She's there to be a server. if she's a good waitress, let her be a good waitress.
5: Plus, she'll let you know if it's chilly or not. Right?
6: right? <laughs> well, heads up. <laughs> All right, a little bit more. Let's find out what happens next.
5: If
8: you do not sign this, I cannot continue to go forward. And I said, what does that mean? Does that mean you are amending this agreement or not? And he said, no, I'm not. And got up and
0: I was without a job.
8: General Manager Doug Robb declined our request for an on-camera interview, but says via email that he's not at liberty to discuss confidential employee matters.
6: So like I said, I'm kind of of two minds of it. I don't think we should care what she wears, but I do think the business kind of has a right to determine what people wear. So I can kind of see both sides of this, to tell you the truth.
5: Boobs are weird, right? uh, Right. Dudes get so weird about boobs. That's what what I'm saying. (laughs) Uh,
6: I mean, and then I just started thinking about, I mean, I guess businesses can, you know, if if they say you can't have a nose ring, I guess you can't have a nose ring. But that doesn't affect your ability to be a server either. They can dictate what kind of hairstyles you have. I mean, there's a lot of things when you go to work for somebody. I mean, you kind of are signing up to work for the man, you know, and I don't I don't know that it's always fair, but I guess that is kind of the way it is. But I hope, uh, I hope Nike signs her to a big ad campaign. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> and then women all over America can burn their bras. USA!
7: <laughs> right? USA! <Ooh>. USA! <laughs>
3: USA! All right, let's talk about today's Kevin Show, shall we? The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up. Danny Elfman. Yes. yes. In studio, talking about Nightmare Before Christmas at the Hollywood Bowl. Couldn't love him more. Which is fantastic. I've seen it, and it's awesome. So much fun. Uh, weird phobias on today's show? Mm-hmm. What started this?
5: That uh, that weird holy thing. The thing with all the holes that freak people out. Remember, we talked the about that. holy thing. Trick- uh, the Pope? Uh, no. Oh. But he is freaking a lot of people out. Yeah. Um, yeah it's a weird holy thing. The, the thing, we talked about it, the holes, and people are like, meh. Okay.
3: <laughs> we'll get back to that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently
6: kevin trip uh trip phobia i think is what it's called was trending on friday for some reason okay. And people were having a getting into a discussion about people who are afraid of of holes <laughs>
7: well, and that was an, an exciting
6: day it. uh ali dream interpreter
3: yes sure. on the program today it's been a while great news it's not Monday, but we were off yesterday, so we're, we do it the first day of every week. Uh, what's up with Florida's on the program today, and Kurt Sutter joins us at the 7 o'clock hour in studio talking Mayans MC, which debuts tonight. That's coming up. We'll take a break. We'll come back with what's happening next.
1: It's Kevin and Bean on
6: K-Rock. Kevin, we're going to need you to take a break from Las Vegas for a while. Why?
7: Well, that's all going week- well for
6: me. After this weekend, I think it's time for you to ah. just stay close to home and rest out. Everything's great. A little bit. <laughs> we'll discuss that coming up right after the top of the hour. First, though, Ali's here with our first look at what's happening.
5: For the, f- for the second time, since 1989, you two had to cancel a concert partway through. Oh, They're
6: so unreliable.
3: Did you say the second time since, since 89?
5: 1989. That's amazing. You can't trust them. You can't trust them. They're just Why all willy-nilly canceling. if it's
6: 50-50? They don't t- even show up. You don't they're even know. Morris-y.
5: And it's even worse. Like, you get a song in. You're like, he's here. This is awesome. And then, Boom. Peace out. Peace out. Yeah, here's what happened. His voice started failing. He made it about 20 minutes into a Berlin show on Saturday night. And then Bono stopped to address the audience and said, I can promise you I haven't been smoking. But apparently the smoke machines in the arena, he said, were like a giant cigar. I've lost my voice and I don't know what to do. It was singing like a bird about 10 minutes ago. So they asked for the machines to be shut down, the AC to be turned up. Then he struggled on the next song. He left the stage, and then the band canceled 40 minutes later. How weird. How mad is that venue? Like, would we do the smoke machines? (laughs) Yeah, not good. That's crazy. Yeah, he said um, in a statement on Sunday that his doctor had ruled out anything serious and promised that he'd be back in full voice and then that show was rescheduled for November 13th so there was no
3: lead up there was no sickness there was
6: no
5: anything it was Boom. working and yeah. then
6: just not working
5: yeah wow that's a that's a testy voice right right yeah,
6: yeah he and the whole band said that he was sing- what did they say singing like a bird 10 mm-hmm. minutes before so it just came out of hmm. nowhere such Very a surprise odd.
5: I don't like it I, I don't like, like it at, it at all. all and you know that killed him too of course my god of all, of all bands to have to say listen we'll be back so you look forward to seeing you too, probably more than most bands. Yeah, and then you finally get there.
3: It's a, it's really hard for me to believe it's only the second time since '89 though. Since as much as 89. they've toured, yes, you would think they would get sick or something. Yeah. When they had to cancel. Has I that ever maybe... happened to you
6: guys where you got to the excuse me, Ali, where yeah. you got to the venue and then they just came out on stage and said, "Oh, sorry, the band's not going to be able to go on. You're already there." Uh, I don't yes, think so. Happened to me one time. Who's yours, Kevin Prince? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Dick.
5: <laughs>
6: Mine was Fleetwood Mac. Oh, no. In a uh, in a big venue and, uh, you know, sold out. And we waited and waited and waited. And the show was like 40 minutes late or something like that. And then the little guy said, I guess somebody drew the short straw and got sent out on stage to announce to the crowd, I'm sorry, the band's not going to be able to perform tonight. I don't remember who was sick. But they canceled it and, you know, offered a refund for another, t- uh, you know, reschedule for another time. But, yeah, that's a bummer. That is a bummer.
5: Who do you think it was, though? <laughs> I can't imagine. I was going to say Stevie. Oh, okay. Oh, I'd never say Stevie. Really? <laughs> no. That you can't really bio. tell
6: if her voice is shot or not. So
5: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love her so much. So you guys probably saw this over the weekend. People were up in arms about an article that was put out by Fox News. They also did a whole story on it. The actor Jeffrey Owens, you may not remember that name, but he played the character Elvin on The Cosby Show, so he was the one married to the oldest sister.
7: Oh,
3: okay. I didn't have any idea all weekend who it was.
5: Right. He, huh. Yeah, you would know him for that, and then okay. he's been in a ton of stuff since then, but that's probably what he's most known for. He was on The Cosby Show for five seasons. Well, he is what most actors are, a working actor that doesn't have a full-time gig. He's not on a sitcom, doesn't have a reoccurring role, so he has to get other work. And he was photographed in New Jersey at a Trader Joe's by someone that recognized him. I guess they sold the story to Fox News. Oh, he was working there? Yeah, Fox News sold it and basically almost shaming him for having a job. Like, ooh, look at this elite having a job, bagging groceries. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. That's odd. And then, of course, uh, anyone with any sort of brain came to his defense and was saying, oh, you mean a guy that was on a hit show in the 80s into early 90s uh, doesn't have a ton of money, especially when, I believe, wasn't that show pulled? So he's yep. he might not be getting any residuals yeah, anymore.
6: True. Yep, it's not, it's not airing anywhere anymore.
5: And people were talking about actors that we know. We're talking about they've had to get jobs in between hugely successful sitcoms that's just what you do. Yeah, it's admirable.
6: Yes. Well, I think, uh, yeah, you and you have to, you have to have money to live, you know, to pay your rent and buy groceries. But isn't the stat something like eighty-nine percent or ninety percent or something very close to that of people in the Screen Actors Guild do not make more than ten thousand dollars a year or something? I mean, it's yeah, the crazy? overwhelming percentage of actors cannot live on it full time, right? Know?
5: It was, it was a very that seems odd, ugly. odd thing. Yes. It was. Ugly to take his picture mm-hmm. and then to sell it to somebody that would then do it. But then, again, we're doing the same thing right now. Because then I started thinking, look at all these think pieces about how bad it is. <laughs> and now his name is out there even more. But...
6: Is he going to get a job? Is he going to hire him? I
5: think he will. Like, he has been working up until just a little while ago. He has roles on all different shows. But... I wonder if he's gonna get something amazing.
6: That would be great.
5: Yeah. He was just in a twenty seventeen episode of Lucifer. He's been on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's so Raven, what?
7: <laughs> used to love that show.
5: Just saying, all very, very odd. But it was it was interesting to see people come to his defense. I'll look up some of the ones in a bit that were saying, listen, I worked at a right you know, cosmetics counter. I loved it. I had to work and I enjoy working. It keeps you it keeps you sane.
6: And someone else uh, pointed out that I don't know, maybe there's somebody else affiliated with the Cosby show that you could go after instead. <laughs> right? <laughs> no I, one more high profile than this guy though.
5: I did enjoy um people saying, "Okay, so let me get this straight. Fox News, you hate black men that don't have a job. Now you hate a black man that does have a job. You are very very confusing." Good lord. Hey, want to talk about some birthdays? Sure. Okay. How about James Bay? Dr. Drew? Max Greenfield? Oh.
3: Kids love Dr. Drew. They okay. Do. I wasn't 79.
5: sure. 79. I don't. Yeah. Really? 79 years old. Wow. Looks great. Uh, Whitney Cummings, Damon Wayans, and Beyonce. And that's what's happening.
1: <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean show on K Rock. Look. Mm-hmm. Look. <laughs> <laughs> look
3: yes right? Kevin in my defense
6: uh-huh. Kevin god damn it
3: it makes no sense
6: <laughs> All right, that's my just, defense let me just say this all we right. all enjoyed the long weekend those of us that were lucky enough to have that extra day off the three days it was nice I couldn't Wait (laughs) to come back to work today (laughs) to tackle the mystery of Radion Durf. Now, Radion Durf has consumed my life Mm -hmm. since I first saw it yesterday morning, and most people have no idea what I'm talking about. Right. So let me set the stage here. So for some reason on Twitter, Kevin follows or at least came across a tweet from BBC Radio 6. Now, already there's a mystery going on there. Right. Because in a million years, Kevin, why are you following BBC Radio 6 music?
3: I, you know, I don't know. At this point, I'm sure I thought way back when I started following them that it was m- music and whatever. But okay. I looked at this, this BBC Radio tweet, and I don't even understand it
6: to begin <laughs> well, with. <laughs> well, what they're saying is that Christine and the Queens, very popular British band, is going to be making an appearance on the radio station. She's going to be performing live on the radio station. right? And then the follow-up, the, the rest of that tweet is tune in to hear it live during the morning show, or it'll be on demand for 30 days afterwards, just mm-hmm. like we do with the HD Radio Sound speech. That's all the tweet is saying. It's right, your I'm, opportunity to hear Christine and the Queens. I'm saying I don't know Quis- Christine and the Queens. Oh, okay. oh yeah.
5: Tilted? Great song. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. And
6: so, oh, Okay, why? so you're not saying you didn't understand the tweet. You're not saying you don't know why you would have responded yes, to Yes, why would okay. I respond to something that I don't even understand? Mm-hmm. Right, no interest in that subject. Right. Okay. So Kevin... Why would I hit reply? Mm-hmm. So Kevin, and by the way, I should also mention, because this is an important part of the story, I think it was... 6 a.m. 6:17 a.m. 6:17 on, a. 6 6 7 on a holiday. Yeah. Now, Kevin, I know you have some some wacky sleeping habits. I do. I have I was, problem sleeping. I was surprised to find you up if you were Same. at 6:17 <laughs> on a holiday. <laughs> okay. Same. So, Kevin tweeted these words, and I put words in quotes. Radion R A D E DERF, R R R F then and then there's a symbol that I had to look up because it's not in the English language. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a it's a it's a letter I don't from know the how to German, make that letter. I don't know how to do it either. It looks like a B, but it's a letter from the German alphabet only. Sure. X at D X T T F T Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z. Number Sign O. Right. A lot to unpack there. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> how? Rady, Rady on Durf, Kevin mm-hmm. tweets back to BBC Radio 6, who, by the way, are probably having this exact same conversation on their air right now, going, <laughs> what do you think this guy was talking we about? We put
3: on a tweet the other morning, and this guy responded. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. What's Radion yeah.
6: on Durf? <laughs> so, the listeners, by the way, we're going to try to guess how this happened, and then maybe hear, hear the real story of Kevin knows. But let me tell you about some of the reaction to Kevin's tweet. Uh, some, uh, some of your, uh, some of your followers, uh, took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, Kevin, please keep being you. Somebody wrote, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> somebody yeah. wrote a miracle or a treasure. Um, Someone said I, both. I, I love mm-hmm. Kevin. I was late to team Kevin, but I just think he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of hashtag Kev dog, a lot of hall of fame, a lot of goddamn it. Kevin put the pipe down. Yeah. Yeah. Um so then Allie weighs in mm-hmm. with I thought a great a great tweet, which yeah. was my first apartment had Radion Durf. <laughs> we had to move out for a week.
5: Yeah, it was a very upsetting time.
6: So now it's yeah. turned into a thing. So now we know Radion Durf is a thing. I wrote, That's no joking matter. My aunt almost died of Radion Durf. The doctors were lucky to catch it in time. <laughs> Jensen Karp writes in. Radion Durf also played wide receiver for the 2009 Cincinnati Bengals. So let's give Kevin the benefit of the doubt for now. <laughs> Allie, I'll keep an open mind for now, but I can't stop thinking about all the lives changed by R.D. This is not how I wanted to start the holiday. Oh <laughs> was now short. <laughs> <sorry>, all right. <laughs> <laughs> There's soon going to be benefits for R.D. He has no idea, Allie continues. He has no idea the wounds he's opened up with such a vile tweet. God damn it, Kevin. Vile. Eduardo writes in, R.D., I get the seriousness of R.D., but let's take a, no- a <laughs> moment to acknowledge the German symbol, X, at, easy. it goes on and on and on. We can't ignore such an important issue. Thank you, Kevin, for bringing it to life. Then there's a lot of, uh, I saw Radio Durf at the Troube. Mm-hmm. Then my <laughs> wife weighs in. <laughs> my wife is never on Twitter. She writes in. Bean and I had a baby after exposure to Radion Durf, and he was born with tentacles. But he's super helpful at opening jars, though.
7: (laughs) (laughs) What's happening?
6: It just goes on and on and on about your President Trump-like kofefe moment. So we were all, like, speculating in our own minds, Kevin, how this possibly could have happened. And I think, I feel like we need an explanation.
7: So
3: you're saying... Here's so in what happened when I sent this tweet.
5: Right. All right, well, so
3: my in my timeline of mm-hmm. was this yesterday?
5: Yes. Yes. yes my in mind.
3: my timeline of yesterday, it was four thirty in the afternoon or something like that. By the time I checked twitter and or instagram oh. so i have no idea what
6: this is that right. it's out there the people are responding to it, nothing <laughs> all of a sudden you just you, you go to your social media and you have like 200 comments no and i didn't you're like, go to twitter happening? first
3: i went to instagram first mm-hmm. and i saw the kevin and bean account yeah. had posted this tweet for mm-hmm. me and i was like i didn't write that <laughs> so then i went to my account and i looked at stuff that i posted not thinking to look at replies. And I thought, well, they must have got, grabbed an old one or something from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's sad that I just assumed it was another one of these from another year. Right. But I still, at that point, had no idea that I did this yesterday. Radiant durf But here's... <laughs> <laughs> but here's my question for you. It's mm-hmm. not... Radiant durf. It's not like Twitter... I don't have any memory of this is the answer. Mm-hmm. None. So... It's not like Twitter is a what a loaded gun where if you roll over on it wrong it just shoots. Yeah, right. You have to hit a specific thing to post something on Twitter. So even if I'm accidentally laying on mm-hmm. my phone or text or typing stuff that makes no sense, mm-hmm. you still have to hit the send button. It right. Can't, it can't post itself. Right. I it's not thing. like
9: you can. Yeah. Uh, you woke up because you thought it was work day. Check Twitter. Blah, blah, blah sent and why just i don't know but you know but it was
3: in response to, to this bbc tweet that i didn't because that was
6: the first tweet that that was up on your timeline why would but, i ever hit reply I, who knows who knows it, but and it, why and whose reaction if they wake up and they think they're late for work is to text somebody
9: i don't think it was it was texting i think he was just checking his phone and trying to turn off the, the alarm or something and just hit all, all the of buttons, these letters, including the buttons, a German B that yeah, I have a, no idea, idea how to shift make. Shift
5: and Alt-5 or whatever it takes to do this. <laughs> also, you were real late if your alarm was going off at 6.17. <laughs> I didn't. Well, you
6: know, it's just like you wake up. And, yeah. And, and and sometimes you just don't know and you you try to play with your phone. Okay, that's very possible. Yeah, I have uh-huh. no
3: memory of being up at 6.17. I didn't realize I was up at 6.17. That's huh. weird. So, that Oof. is weird. So when I got this, then I went. And this is gonna you're gonna laugh at this. I thought, oh Jesus, I did somebody has my passcode, so I changed it quickly.
5: Sure. Right? Because they would tweet that gem. It was just
3: <laughs> oh, It was God. just a first reaction. I changed my password and then I thought, just like Allie did, who would get access to my Twitter and then put that up? Radion Durf. <laughs> well, like, they're, that's they're a message.
5: Right? <laughs> definitely right. pretending to
6: be you though. <laughs> Um, you have no memory even of, of handling your phone at 6.17 in the morning. I didn't think I was up at 6.17. I thought I was asleep. Wow. Oof. I mean,
3: so how
7: could how it possibly happen, have then? been
3: sent? That's my question.
7: Hmm.
3: How did it happen? Radiant Durf. Radiant Durf has its own mind, you guys. It does. Maybe Dude. it just just used my account and it's going to use all of yours in the next couple of weeks just takes over whoever it wants.
6: Guys, it might be the Russians.
3: <laughs> the Russians.
6: <laughs> Maybe it's Russian hackers, guys. <sighs>
3: but
7: the They're best after p- us. The
6: best part of it all was there
9: was a little click on, on TweetDeck. You could translate the tweet. Yeah, that was funny. And it says, could not translate tweet. No one right. speaks, Kevin. Speaks well, for us all. Because the
6: people who need, know <laughs> no. All right, let me ask one more theory because I know we're out of time here. Right. We established recently that Kevin is a cult leader.
7: <laughs> remember
6: all the people he got to run their cars down to zero yes. when he created Still the Zero happening. Club? Yes. I'm trying to get it to stop, and I can't. Is it possible that Radeon Durf is some sort of dog whistle to his followers, <gasps> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are the ones who need to know what it means, and they do, and the rest of us aren't supposed to know and what it means?
5: And now we're giving it an even bigger platform. We're yes. reaching more people with your Radeon Durf message.
6: So Radeon Durf is some sort of a call to arms, and Kevin <laughs> and his people are getting ready to take this world down. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we figured
3: out? Yeah.
7: All yep. right, good. Kev Dog.
1: Kev dog. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-R-O-Q. K-Rock.
6: Hey, you guys, it's time for What's Up with Florida. You
1: got people in Florida, f*** you a bunch of Florida, Florida, Florida. What's up with Florida? You always have the craziest
6: news. What's up with Florida?
9: is our most penis-shaped
6: state. It certainly is. And I will tell you that as long as we've been doing What's Up with Florida, which has got to be several years now on The Kevin Bean Show, right? Yep. I don't think I've ever seen this combination of words in a story out of Florida. Fort Pierce, Florida. Authorities say a Florida man has been arrested for being belligerent and giving his girlfriend a wet willy. (laughs) What? A hey, St. Lucie County Sheriff's deputy went to the home after Joseph Serecki's girlfriend told authorities that he was drunk on the living room floor when she returned uh, home from work. According to the affidavit, he pulled her, grabbed her hand, pulled her arm and gave her a wet willy by sticking his wet finger <laughs> in her ear. The daughter confirmed mom's accounts, their names were not released. He has been charged with battery. He has declined to give a written statement and said he wasn't drunk. Now, um, drunk, belligerent, I get. Mm-hmm. The wet willy is what really ticked her off, though, it sounds like.
5: Well, they're awful. It's, they are
6: <laughs> awful, right?
3: It's also <laughs> possible if he was drunk that he did it much harder than yeah, he thought. You yeah. could mm-hmm. actually hurt somebody that way. Yeah, puncture an eardrum. It really doesn't make sense other than that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just
6: it's, I you never thought I'd see wet willy in a story from Florida. <laughs> Here's the one that uh, made national news this week. This is a Florida couple, uh, William Parrish and Mackenzie Dobbs. They live in Ocala. They were arrested because they were selling heroin. Now, they had a bright idea, though, because a lot of times what gets you caught, if you're running a prostitution ring or you're selling drugs or guns or whatever it is, is the neighbors notice that a bunch of people are going in and out of your house. Right. Right. And a lot of times that's a tip off that you're running some sort of a business out of there. And then they got eyes on you. And the next thing you know, somebody calls the police. So, what these geniuses decided to do was they turned a kitchen window in their home into a drive through (laughs) so that the customers would not have to constantly enter and exit their home. They were trying to not draw unwanted
3: attention. I don't. Does it say they were trying to not draw unwanted attention? Because That's, that's. that's what they said. Yes, it so oh. seems like you're risking that. You're going. Uh, All right, look, happen- I'm going
6: to get unwanted attention, but it makes it a lot easier. The house had signs directing people where to drive and indicated whether it was open or closed. The police <laughs> were tipped off, by the way, because there were a number of overdoses, heroin overdoses, oh, no. in that particular neighborhood. They uh, determined, by the way, that the heroin had been laced with fentanyl. Mm. Is that a that seems like maybe a bad uh, combination? Super, super strong. Yeah. Who thinks that putting a drive-through in your home is going to cause call, uh, call less attention to your house
5: and signs that say we're open? Right. <laughs> yes. Come that, on.
6: that is a way to, to make sure everybody knows that you're running a business. Maybe right? don't
3: use your own product.
6: Yes, that's maybe. probably a good idea yeah. as well. I got two uh, drunk driving stories that both have unusual angles out of Florida this week. This guy was arrested for marijuana possession and a license plate violation that got him pulled over in the first place. But as he was being uh, frisked by the deputy, um, they noticed that he was attempting to conceal a large bulge in his left front pocket. Oh. Go on. The deputy says, hey, exactly. The deputy says, fearing, of course, that it could be some sort of a weapon. The deputy says, hey, what's that large bulge in oh, your pants? Oh, it's a weapon. And the man replied, this is in the official police report. The man replied, that's what she
7: said. To the police officer.
6: What's that large bulge ah, in your pants? That. The suspect replied, that's awesome. what she said. It turned ah. out it wasn't what you were hoping it was, Kevin. It was actually a cylindrical plastic case containing, containing marijuana and a small glass pipe. Oh. Wow. I just, uh, I mean, are you just super high and you just think that's hilarious? Yes. Or it has to be the case because otherwise you're
3: really sweating it. You're mm-hmm. about to get in trouble. Yeah. Yes. You don't just make I jokes would think like so. that. <clears throat>
6: And one more story. We so often say, you know, we talk about the car chase channel. We talk about everybody but me's fascination with the with the high-speed chases. And we always wonder, what's going through their head? Because 99, no, forget that, 999 times out of 1,000, you don't get away. Right. What's going through those drivers' heads when they decide to step on it? Well, at least we know what was going on in this one. Because this is a drunken man who was observed peeling out of a bar at 4 o'clock in the morning. And uh, police went right after him, and he ended up reaching speeds of more than 100 miles an hour, swerving erratically, going across both lanes of traffic. They, de- uh, they deployed uh, uh, the uh, tire spikes, um, to, uh, which he went through, by the way, and kept on driving. He ended up hitting a light pole, a palm tree, and then eventually crashed into a seawall. So police are closing in on him. He jumps over the seawall and starts swimming away, eventually climbing up under a bridge, the Toms Harbor Channel Bridge, where he hid from authorities for about 30 minutes. That's a lot to go through to get away from the cops when you know you're going to get caught, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They asked him why he did it, and he said he wanted to have a great story story. To tell his friends and family, he knew he was going to get arrested, so he thought, why not make it a great story? He That's did all what,
3: that so he would have a great story sitting
6: he, around the table with his family. Once he knew that he was going to get caught, he said, "I'm just going to really, I'm just going to go for it and make this a fun story." He said, "I effed up. I'm sorry." By the way, he was uh, resisted. He resisted taking a blood alcohol test, saying, "I'm already going to jail, so why bother?" His blood alcohol was more than double the legal limit in the state of Florida. A search of the man's truck found three empty one hundred milliliter bottles. Of fireball whiskey along with a full. Good
7: lord. Holy cow.
6: Yeah, this dude was pretty loaded. He's lucky he didn't kill anybody. But at least now we know why some people, at least this guy, went on a high-speed chase cuz they want a great story to tell their friends. I mean, that's going to be a tough one to beat. You know with the <laughs> with, with the blowing out the tires and hitting a palm tree and swimming and hiding under a bridge. So he just sits bridge. there and he
3: just waits at Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and lets everybody else tell their stories right. and then goes, "All right.
6: Oh my a, beer. Have a exactly. seat." <laughs> uh. So anyway, Florida continues to be Florida. God bless him for it. That's this edition of What's up with Florida.
1: Florida. <laughs> What's up with Florida? Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock.
9: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
6: It's time for great news. (coughs) It's time for you. uh, You rushed. I That was my fault. hundred percent. hundred percent my fault. All right. I, I forgot to give you the little pause. All right. First, though, it's time for
7: great
1: news. When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin
6: and Bean can make that go away. It's time for
7: great news today.
5: Great news! All right, Allie, make us happy. Well, I just I just tweeted video of my great news at Allie McKay A L L I E M A C K A Y, and it is. Lovely, And if your heart doesn't explode, I don't know what's wrong with you. But it's about a 99-year-old man from Rochester, New York. His name is Luther Younger. And after 55 years of marriage, he is so, so deeply devoted to his wife, Waverly, who he calls the sweetest cup of tea he ever had.
6: Oh, does she have radiant nerve? (laughs)
5: She doesn't have radion derf, but she was diagnosed with a brain tumor nearly nine years ago. And doctors said she probably has only about five years to live. Mm. That was nine years ago. So over the past nine years, Waverly has been in and out of the hospital, sometimes for months at a time. And Luther stays by her side and walks to the hospital to visit every single day. And by walks to the hospital, it is a six-mile round trip. Every single day. Why doesn't day. he have wow. somebody who can give the man a lift? He's a 99 year old man walking six miles every day in the heat, the rain, the snow, just uh, hold to visit his here. cup of tea. Yes, I
6: get that he can't drive, mm-hmm. but why doesn't he have somebody who can take him?
5: Well, even occasionally. Sure, you would say to his daughter, "Hey, what are you doing? Why aren't you giving him a ride?" She asks him every single day, I want to give you a ride. Let's figure out the bus. Let's do whatever. And he says, no. Oh, he's just showing
3: off then. (laughs) He said,
5: I got a wife. I don't want to wait on the bus. I don't want to wait for anyone. I just want to go see my wife. And he said he likes to walk because it clears his mind. And he's always done hard labor for work. He grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, so he's used to the heat. He's a Marine. He fought in the Korean War. He wow. prides himself on his physical strength. And I think a lot of it, too, this reporter decided to go with him on the walk. And he said to this reporter, you know, you got to keep up with me. And the reporter's <laughs> like, all right, whatever. He runs during parts of what? it. Oh, my god. And gosh. I think a bit of it, too, is he's become quite a little celebrity in this town and people stop ah. they say hello people pull up next to him hey you want to ride no you know i don't and he just keeps going i think it's a social thing for him on the way to the hospital That's and on amazing. the way back and he as doesn't well. go in
3: And he just turns around and walks back and he's like hey everybody
5: Plot twist, there is no Waverly. (laughs) (laughs) No, of course there is. How long
6: does it take a 99-year-old man to walk six miles? A
5: lot less than it would take you or I, I think. This man is amazing. So he walks into the hospital room, and he says to the reporter, watch this, baby, give me a kiss. And Waverly kisses him, and her eyes flutter. And he's so proud that that kiss can still make her do that. And he said, that's my cup of tea, and she's sweet, too. This man is everything that is good and wonderful in the world, and I just love it so, so very much. So I retweeted the video so you can get a load of him. By the way, in the video, he's also doing push-ups. All just, right, take just it to, easy. Just to F with You're the reporter. You're better than everybody, okay. It is amazing. So God bless you, 99-year-old Luther Younger.
6: Bless? He's going to have a much younger girlfriend very soon, by
5: How dare you? <laughs> just that is it. my I great just news.
6: Kevin, you're
5: up next.
3: A uh, Colorado woman collapsed at the top of a 14,000-foot summit in the Rocky Mountains. Mm. She tore her ACL. She jumped, sort of missed. Her left leg hit. She heard a loud pop. And she's like, I am three and a half miles from where I need to go. Oh, How am I possibly going to get there? And she was with some hikers, but there were some other hikers that she didn't know at all
7: Mm -hmm. who were also
3: in the military, by the way. Of course. And one of the guys said, let's go. We got to carry her out. And he picked her up and just threw her on his shoulders like a like a sack of beans and just carried her. And this is her describing the story of these guys that she didn't know carrying her all the way out. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get off this hill? We got three and a half miles to go. That's when
5: she says an active serviceman in the group he was with, who were also on the trail, offered to help.
3: So he literally swung me over his shoulders and he walked for like 200 yards. And then, so all the other guys were like, well, we wanna learn how to do that. So they all learned from him and they carried me, Fireman Stell, two and a half miles down that hill. It was
4: the most amazing
3: thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know them from Adam. Half of them don't know each other from Adam. It's taken three hours of their life to do this, um, plus a woman that they have no idea who she is. These were just, just, just normal people, and, and here they were doing this. It was just, it was amazing, amazing humanity. Wow, that,
6: And the leader of that Mary group is Ali's 99-year-old, too. <laughs> that's an amazing <laughs> She's thing. He's the one carrying her. <laughs> carrying her down the oh. mountain. I was I trying
3: mean, to do the math, and she had three and a half miles to go, and then she said they carried her two and a half, so I don't know. <laughs>
5: they, they, they just got, got sick of They're like getting you know tired of her She's BS. Tired of
3: this. You could scoot on your butt the last mile.
5: <laughs> <laughs> she sounded like an older woman, <laughs> yeah, she too. she was 55. 55. Yep. So she wasn't hot, so no. there's no need for them to do this. <laughs> no, they just did it. Okay, weird. And that's
6: my Great news. And I'll uh, wrap up here with Tabitha Frost. She has something called hyperlactation syndrome, which is a rare condition that some women have, not many, which means that she produces way, way, way too much breast milk. She has been donating breast milk through her three pregnancies because she overproduces for how much her children can eat. Is that something you can take advantage of it? Somebody else has donated Oh, yeah. Oh, they it they yes.
5: sell Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. Know that.
6: She gives it away, and she has, at this point, donated more than 117 gallons oh, of breast wow. milk.
5: Oh, she, my.
6: She lives in Carlsbad, California. <clears throat> she said, I know that there are a lot of people out there who have babies prematurely, and their milk hasn't come in yet, so I see this as a way to be able to serve my community. She said, when her second child was born, the nurse at the hospital commented on her high production level, saying she'd never seen that much milk. Before, So she started doing research and she says she just pumps all the time. She gets up at 2.30 in the morning to start pumping, by the way. She has to pump six times a day in order to keep to wow. keep, the, keep wow. it flowing. She's basically turned it into a full-time job. She says there's a pump in my bedroom. I have a station on the side of my couch in the living room. I set up, have a setup in the car uh, to grab when I whenever I'm on the go. She says she's pumped in restaurants, on vacation, on airplanes, at concerts, everywhere. Uh, her husband is very supportive of this. And she says, look, I've got all this milk. I can't possibly use it. So I want to get it into the mouths of little babies that can. And that is just an unbelievable story, I think, because wow. it would be very easy for her to just throw away Whatever her kids can't use. Mm -hmm. But she goes to all this extra trouble and effort, and she gets nothing in return as a result of it, except that she knows she makes lots of little babies happy. So I love that. Thank you, Tabitha Frost. That's my great news. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, K Rock. It's time for Allie McKay, Dream Interpreter.
5: Pickle? why can't my boobs get bigger Allie Woo! don't pull out Allie uh, smell it uh. Allie Come on now, Allie. suck it. Stop it none of those really are helpful to the, yeah, the welcome to my life <laughs> okay
6: all right Omar seems to have a habit of doing that. All right. What's your dream? Allie can interpret it for you. 1-800-520-1067. We are going to start with Alex. He's on line two, and he joins us from La Puente. Alex, welcome to the show. You're on with Ali. Hey, what it do, party people?
5: What's up, Alex?
1: Hey, um, I have a dream. I have long, like, long black hair, Mm -hmm. and I'm standing in front of the mirror, and I'm brushing my hair, and it's falling out.
5: Mm -hmm. Is this a recurring dream?
1: yes it happens all the time
5: Hmm. yeah here's what's happening alex you or you are very fearful of losing your sex appeal and your virility and you're having some insecurities about that you're not feeling as secure in your looks as maybe you used to and your hair represents strength and power so you're feeling a little bit weak and vulnerable in some aspects of your life right now am i correct
4: Um, yes, actually, yes, because I'm getting older. I'm starting to feel a little bit older. I might have something to do with
6: it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
5: Here's what I would do. Uh, Cut your hair, hippie. Cut it now? Yeah. (laughs) You got to cut it, Alex.
6: Um, this is why it's Ali's segment because I'm telling you, those of us uh, like you know, like Alex and me with rock star hair, right? You know, sure, you, you can't underestimate how great it is, right? But I get it. But you're saying cut it, all right? I'm you're saying, saying cut get it. It, get ahead yeah. of it. Okay, thank you for the call. <laughs> Appreciate that. Let's try, uh, let's try Zara line five, please in Irvine. This is an interesting dream. I don't think I've heard before. Zara, welcome to the Kevin and Bean Show. You're on with Ali.
4: Hi, good morning. Um, so I got let go of my job maybe towards the end of May of this year. And since then, I've just been dreaming about that job. So, you know, my boss, uh, my coworkers, and things like that. And it's been a reoccurring dream. I mean, they're all very similar, but they're not the same exact dream. And I'm just not, I'm trying to understand why I keep dreaming about that former um, employer.
5: I feel like you you feel that you were unfairly let go and that there's undone business there and you feel like by going back there and working there you keep dreaming about that that you have more to prove. Oh my god! You nailed it. Thank I you, Sarah. Thank you. <laughs> also, that hot dude in accounting. Am I right, Sarah? Yeah?
6: Hey, Sarah, do, do you have uh, another gone. job? Gone. Oh, she's gone. Yeah. Okay, so oh, Just wondering if she's moved on to have another job, and if so, if that would uh, you know help maybe the, make the dreams go away. All right, let's go to uh, Santa Fe Springs, slide four. This is going to be our friend Sandy joining us on the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey, Sandy, welcome to K Rock. Hey, how
4: are you guys doing?
6: We're We're take great, Ali's on a roll here. Mm. What can she do for
5: you? Yeah.
4: yeah, I had this dream. It was a while ago, actually, but it's always stuck with me. It was kind of crazy because um, in my dream, you realize that you're actually dreaming. and But it was just so real mm-hmm. that I dreamt that I had uh, was in the presence of God. And what it was was when I realized it was kind of like in a flash where all of a sudden it's like you're somewhere else. And then you look at yourself and you're like, I was like, I wasn't in a body. I was like in a in a soul, like in a spirit or a flash, or like it actually looked like a flame. And I looked over, and um, well, now my ex-husband, but he was there as well. And then we, I was just like, oh my god, and just looking all around in my surroundings and just these vivid colors. And then all of a sudden, I see this presence that I felt was God, mm-hmm. and it was like this being, just like this really big, just immense. Just I, I just like knelt down because I was like. Oh my God! know, <laughs>
5: like yeah. God! Oh my God! Yeah, and- Sandy, you you died that night. <laughs> what? Yeah, she died that night. What? She what? saw God, and God was like, "Not your time. Go back down." There's was
3: a dream of her dying. No, she, she died. Literally
5: died. Wow. Sorry, Sandy. I know that's Whoa. a lot. Yeah,
4: I know because I actually felt that, and I was like, "Did I die and have an experience?" Yeah, because you did. I realized that all of our you know, anger and hatred and all our human emotions are human emotions—and all I felt was love, mm. and it's like the craziest feeling. You need to die more that... often,
6: man. It sounds awesome.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it was—it was pretty profound, but yeah, it was—it was incredible. It was really insane. All right.
6: So you just got a medical diagnosis mm-hmm. from a chick on the radio. Yeah, I you're like welcome. That. <laughs> okay, thank <laughs> you very much. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's squeeze in a couple more. We got to do Brittany. Hi, right, Miss Brittany. Yeah. Brittany's uh, listening to us online from Raleigh, mm-hmm. North Carolina. You guys, hey Brittany, what's happening?
4: Hi, guys. How are you?
6: We are good. Thank you.
4: Um, well, I've had a recurring dream um, every every four months for the last five or six years that I'll be in various social settings with my mom and other people, and my mom will go off and
5: have sex with Leonardo DiCaprio.
3: <gasps> Wait, wow. it's always Leonardo. <laughs>
7: So so it always a, it's though. always the same.
5: Interesting. Okay, do you feel yeah. um, some sort of, almost like you're fighting for attention when your mom's around? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that. I'm always super jealous. Yeah, you're super jealous of your mom because you want a bone, Leonardo, but he <laughs> wants old <laughs> so, well, yeah. wait. Hold on a second, Allie.
6: I'm look. In no way am I infringing on your territory. Uh-huh. But Leonardo DiCaprio, he he exiles any mm-hmm. models once they get to be twenty-five. See,
5: That's how hot Brittany's mom is in oh. her head. That's how jealous of her she is I see. because she knows something that could never happen. Possibly could because that's how insecure she is about her mother.
6: Wow, your mom must be
5: so hot. Yeah, your mom's super hot. She's Brittany. a time guy.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well I think you nailed yeah. that one too, Allie. This has been Allie McCain Dream Interpreter.
5: Allie Dream Interpreter. Why can't my boobs get bigger? Allie Dream Interpreter. Woo-hoo!
1: It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Rock.
6: Look who's back, you guys. It's our friend Kurt Sutter. Hey Kurt. Hey, Kurt. Hey boys. Girls. Back. Welcome back bright and early this morning. Can uh, you hear okay?
10: I I got here okay, I did. I did
6: kurt is uh, kind enough to join us whenever he has a new show and throughout the seven year run of sons of anarchy he came in many times but today is a very very special day because tonight on fx is the premiere of his latest called mayans mc and uh just like with sons i feel like there's a lot of you in this one kurt this one's very <laughs> special for you
10: uh yeah i tend to continuously work out my stuff uh through, is uh, this like through your therapist? therapist? <laughs> <It is. laughs> like, my, uh, you know, sons was like a lot of daddy issues bastard was on a lot of my catholic issues and uh, <laughs> we're uh you know we're i think we're diving into some you know dead mommy stuff on, on
7: mine so. sweet <laughs> wow <laughs> wow <laughs> well
6: well let's uh, set it up uh, set it up for folks who maybe are brand new to the Sutter universe what's the uh, what's the overreaching storyline about mayans mc uh
10: it uh it's based on the uh latino um, um motorcycle club that was in Suns mines uh, which was headed up by uh, um, uh, Alvarez um, uh, and Emilio Rivera plays and uh, uh, it takes place in real time you know it's about three years uh, uh, after the um, you know the last we saw of uh, the Suns and uh, you know I wanted to set it uh, uh, you know it's really interesting because I my plan was, I wanted the hero to not be a part of the world, whereas Jack Teller was born into the world and had a legacy within it. I wanted a character that had nothing to do with that world and found himself there by a matter of circumstance and uh, and that's the case with our hero, Easy Reyes. And then I also <laughs> wanted to put the most like the largest amount of physical distance I could between mythologies of Northern California. And literally, that's the main reason I set it on the border. But of course, now everyone assumes that, you know, I have a statement to make about the border. (laughs) How far can I go in California (laughs) and still be in California? Uh,
3: Well, it does feel like the same world as Suns, but I assume that it had you had to put a lot of work into not making it a retread. Yeah. And you accomplished that
10: thank you thank you i you know for me look i um uh i knew coming into the show that uh a white guy from jersey shouldn't be the sole voice in a in a show about um you know a uh a latino culture so you know i i spent a lot of time meeting with writers and uh, elgin james my co-creator is a brilliant writer amazing amazing young guy and uh uh he's on this journey with me and and then you know my room is uh all women and people of color and my uh you know my art directors you know um so my the creative influence in the show is of the latino culture and uh you know, my plan honestly is just to get the white guy out of the room as quickly as possible. <laughs> so you're
5: saying it's not that hard to have a whole writers' room of people of color and women. Apparently, apparently not. It's doable. Oh, weird.
10: Weird. Yeah. Weird. Really, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh,
3: yeah. And uh, how and, much did you worry about that at the beginning? Is my voice isn't necessarily the voice of the Mayans?
10: Well, it's that's Look, and you know, and and as as most. Of you in this room can attest being poli- politically correct is is not really high on my agenda right, right. <laughs> so it's not like I'm doing these things because you know there's an expectation of it and, and not that that expectation is wrong but for me it's the only thing that made creative sense right like I didn't grow up in an MC culture but I grew up in a, a working-class blue-collar you know small town right so I felt like I could be true to that voice and, and understand it um, but I, I felt I needed to surround myself with creatives that understood the culture, you know, from the way it looks to the way it feels. And, and you know, and look, a lot of that is in the casting, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, I joke that, you know, most of my actors have more jail time than screen time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and that comes across, right? There's, a, there's, a, there's an authenticity. And, and for me, as a storyteller, you know, in, in Sons, the only way I got away with telling those big, sort of nearly absurd stories was rooting the show in in reality, in authenticity. You know, so I was, uh, you know, I was, I was tough in terms of being on people for all those details from the bikes to the clothing to the world, you know. And uh, and I'm the same way on the minds, right? Like, if I can nail down all those details that make it rich and authentic, then it gives me permission to tell these sort of bigger epic stories because you're plugged in, you
6: know. Mm-hmm. This is the voice of Kurt Sutter here on the Kevin DeVito Show. We're talking about Minin's MC debuting on
10: FX tonight at 10. Um, Do you speak Spanish, by the way, Kurt? You know what? I don't. I started learning Spanish to... Um, you know, to help with the writing, because your cast and crew is talking so much smack about you every single day. <laughs> you don't have any idea, and you know what? That's the way it should be. <laughs> you uh, learned it. Well, here's what happened: is I started taking lessons, uh, like Spanish lessons, and and I realized really quickly that I would never have enough of a grasp on the language to be able to write it meaning that the literal definition and the um, um the uh, sort of academic um, understanding of spanish is f- so far from how it's spoken and 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 uh, especially you know in 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 urban settings yeah and what a happened, lot of colloquialisms and what happened was i it actually started to mess with my process because I was I was half thinking about this um, about like the etymology of things and um, so what I did is I I then I have like three layers of translations that I do I have a, um, uh, sort of a, a more uh, academic translation that's done and then I have another layer that's done by uh, um, my uh, 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 someone on my writing team that then breaks it down in in more colloquial terms and then my final layer is my cast you know and as far as um, intonation and and dropping of certain words and stuff so Mm -hmm. those are sort of my layers of authenticity in terms of the language and uh you know and that seems to be right now the way the way that it works like i'm not getting any blowback from my cast from you know uh, Your but, cast will, has the ability to fix it. Yeah, yeah, and, and without putting the burden on them, like, hey, here's a line, how would you say it? It's like we really, you know, because I, I don't believe the script should be a blueprint, right? I like what's on the page to, you know. Um, but, uh, but you know, and it's interesting because I have excuse me, I have characters that are street, and then I have characters that are more like the character that Danny Pino plays, Miguel Galindo, is... Uh, is you know Harvard is uh, you know Ivy League educated you know mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. his his rhythm is going to be a little bit different his you know uh his you know use of um you know a, a broader vocabulary will be there so it's like you know there's a little bit of a dance within that um sure. but uh, for me real you know the idea that I could sort of take that on myself became really clear to me <laughs> within like the first 3 weeks of doing I'm like I'm never, never going to get there. Well, there are uh,
6: so many storylines that you can already see are being set up to be explored in episode one. We've been lucky enough to see it already. It airs tonight at 10 on FX. Many more questions for our guests. We're so happy to have Kurt Sutter back in the room. We'll take a quick break and return right after this on K-Rock.
1: It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Always pleased to welcome our
6: friend Kurt Sutter back to the Kevin and Bean Show. He is here on a very special night. Mayans MC debuts tonight on FX. Here's a little taste of the trailer.
10: My brother can't ask you to do this unless I know you really want it. The club, the life, all of it, all in. Where
4: they been hiding you?
10: Stuck in state prison.
1: Down with this. Being in the prospect. I say we trust until we don't. We got ourselves in deep, brother. You're in this now, son. No getting out.
4: Are okay. taking Boy Scout?
6: <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> if, I,
4: is
6: there
3: an occasional moment where you have to say, Edward? What do you call Edward James? Almost. What does a he go by? I, a I Captain. Call him a sir. Sir. Any, anything yeah, he wants. Right? No. <laughs> Has there ever been a time where you go? Honestly, we can't understand what you're saying. You have to. You have to speak up a little bit because he just says everything under. He <laughs> doesn't you know, overact. No, it's crazy. No,
10: it's, I love him.
3: Having said that, no, I love him. No, but it's,
10: it's the great thing about Eddie. It's like you. You know. A lot, you know. A lot of the dynamic, especially early in the season, is just establishing that relationship. You know, and you know, I'm like I'm basing it on my understanding. I like the idea of you know, it's not there's no mother figure, right? There's a, and so it's about a, a widow and two sons and how clumsy that emotional life is. So, you know, if he's anything like my old man, like there wasn't, he doesn't talk a lot. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So you have to how do you communicate you know volumes of history and stuff with you know a couplet here a few lines there and and that's when you go out and get a guy like eddie james almost who basically can do that you know uh uh you know under his breath yeah (laughs) yes he really can he is mr gravitas that's for (laughs) sure you do lean in to hear what he has to say
6: You've said in interviews in and in a lot of your shows, Kurt, that you sometimes don't know where the characters are going. They kind of lead you. And I mm-hmm. think that is really, really fascinating. Like, you've got a framework, but you don't sit down knowing exactly where you're going to end up. Can you? Would you mind telling me a little bit about that? Because that sounds counter to the way most people plan out a, a show.
10: Um, you know, look, I, I have a general sense of where I want to take a season and... Um, um, uh, and sort of mile markers but I, I learned on Suns that when I came in each season the looser my grip was on all that stuff the better the show was so you know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll set uh, we'll, we'll start laying track to um, you know an arc or something but then when I get inside to sort of do my draft of the script and as hokey as it sounds like you know the voices start Talking to me and and the scenes go one way and uh, and then you know stuff happens right so
3: they're <laughs> <laughs> stand up and go I didn't see that happening <laughs> I, I, today I, I when do. I sat
10: down uh, I, and and so the the thing the cool thing for me is then like I don't anything that happens you, you know if I'm if this world is authentic nothing can happen in a vacuum so whether it's violence whether it's an, an absurd comedic beat like it all you know there has to be cause and effect and and often. It'll be that will be the turn that suddenly takes the story down a whole different direction. And more often than not, I can, you know, still get to that mile marker, but the way I got there was completely unexpected. Gotcha. And and that's the fun for me, right? That's the magic. That's the like, oh, wow, this is like actually an organic process. It's not. You know, like accounting. Like I'm not sitting down and going, "This happens, this happens." Like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of letting the world and the characters, to a certain degree, dictate uh, uh, where everything goes. The
3: pilot of the show is tonight. How far ahead are you working?
10: Uh, we've wrapped production. You uh, have of wow. season Whoa. one. We have wrapped production, um, and because uh, uh, we began pretty early, and because uh, um, we we didn't know when we were going to premiere initially, and then you know as. Things were looking good. <laughs> they decided, okay, so they leaned into the the sons of it all, and we have the uh, the old sons' time slot. And uh, um, but I'm, and I'm you're sp- debuting one day after the ten year anniversary oh, crazy, of Sons right? of Anarchy. Uh, but I have about another month or so in post, and uh, uh, but everything uh, everything right now is uh, is in the can. Have you had
6: any uh, problems with FX with the amount of? or the intensity of the violence that you sometimes like to show? Uh,
10: yeah. In the pilot, for example. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, it's interesting, right? It's a different world now because now the the F word is... is uh, You know, I can freely use that yeah. I never could. And uh, um, <laughs> I have to check myself sometimes because I'm like, all right, am I abusing? <laughs> am I abusing them? Just because I can. Uh, um, you know, I always get... Um, I don't get pushback so much on the violence. I'll get, um, you know, they. I have a really good relationship with, with FX, and I don't get notes anymore. I get questions, but <laughs> I'm, I'm hip to the fact that the questions are notes. right? So. Yes. <laughs> so when they say,
6: did you have to chop off that body part, yeah, you just right. have to explain why you had to
10: chop off that body part. I think they're used to body parts being chopped sure. off and things that I do. Uh, it's It's a lot of times it's how do we, you know, like, you know, What's that going to look like, right? You know, is it? Can we tell the story without it being, you know, having a close up of the whatever going through the whatever? <laughs> so.
5: Well, I, I have one note. Just oh, so I know you have it's, to it's, pose it as a question. You
10: have to put it in form of a question, like, <laughs> like
3: Jim.
5: Okay, isn't Ezekiel warm in that vest and shirt? <laughs> Should he he, should he he take it off maybe more on an episode? Um. Cool down a little bit for the lady. It is hot down there by the
10: border, Kurt. <laughs> it is very hot, yeah. yeah. We have there's an entire episode where he's just naked and, uh, in the mid season. It's, Sweet. It's a dream sequence. <laughs> and uh, and he, he keeps calling you for analysis. Uh, he is just a saying, handsome, just handsome young man, by the way. That and he,
5: part my part. God, was he working out in prison.
10: He did. He did. Yeah,
5: Good Pretty God. buff.
10: All right,
6: we're almost out of time. I have one <laughs> final question uh, for you, Kurt, and that is... Um, you broke our hearts so many times over the course of your seven seasons on Sons. Have you, you already <laughs> decided which deaths are going to make us weep for Mayans? Um, I'll know, never get over what you did to Opie, bastard. Know, that's the hard.
10: That's That was the hard one, man. That was the...
6: That
3: after was, you said that, he said, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank
10: you. My work is done.
6: For. You look forward to, to taking these people that we let into our homes that have made part of our families and, and just <laughs> destroying
3: them, don't you? Why
6: should you be happy? <laughs> no.
10: No one else is, for God's sakes. Um, uh, no, I don't... Again, I don't... Those things aren't predetermined, you know, unless, unless I'm... I'm an actor, it's going to be a problem. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... Which I do not have on the show. Um, but, um... No, those things are never really predetermined. Like okay. in, you know, like it, look in the case of Opie, as heartbreaking as that was, right? I after everything we did to that character, yeah, from his wife to his dad, it and everything he became aware of, it was just impossible to have that guy sit at the table. It, was, you know, you, it just didn't make sense. So it was
3: just dictated by
10: everything yeah, that he'd and then, been through. Yeah. And then I didn't want to like, what do I do? I just send him off on exile, or he's not around, and, and that seemed like you know uh, d- that didn't seem right. No, so. let's beat him to death. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do that. That's, <laughs> that's a better. That's a better out. Right. <laughs> all right, let me just uh, ask one final question for me, and that is, I'll start it with a statement, which is, I love the pilot because there's not that airs tonight because there's not a lot of downtime where you're introducing us to all the new people. It hits the ground running. You're right in the middle of a story that you feel like you've sort of known your whole life. How, how do you want to set up tonight's pilot with all of the different storylines that you're sort of kicking off?
10: Um, wow. I, you know, uh, thank you. I, I, that was the uh, the intention. You know, it's so hard in a pilot. And, and uh, even even with a, a show that we sort of know the world a little bit, you know, to have it be compelling and yet give everybody the information um you know for me it's um uh the idea that we have a character like easy reyes who is this you know uh like genius right he's like this golden boy who ivy league super photographic memory sports like just was on a completely different trajectory and 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 that got yanked out from underneath him and finds himself sort of in this uh, outlaw world in this, you know, the town he grew up in, which he was desperately trying to get away from. You know, it's uh, everything is just a really, it's just a variation of a, it's a wonderful life.
7: Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I
6: would have thought. Sure, that makes perfect sense. Tonight. Ten o'clock, FX. Watcher to your no friend of ours. It's called uh. Mayans NC. Kurt, thank you so much for spending some time with us uh, today. We really pleasure. appreciate you. I love you guys. Thank, thank you.
1: you. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey,
0: Rock. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
6: 's got what's happening here on this Tuesday
5: Well Dwayne Johnson is warning fans that phony Facebook pages in his name are popping up and duping people into sending them money and in return they're promising cash and cars. What? Why? How would that even work? uh, Exactly. Exactly. So he's had to post on Instagram saying, sorry if you've been affected by these fake Facebook accounts asking for money or worse, actually engaged with them to send money in. It's hard to mitigate these a-holes because they pop up by the dozens daily hoping to prey on the ones who have fallen on hard times. So he just says, be vigilant, be smart, report it. Right now he says he is the feds working on it. But it's popping up at a rate that people just can't even, you know, keep yeah. control of. But if if somebody says they're The Rock or someone working with them and they just want to chat with you and maybe.
3: That should strike you as weird. That
5: should be weird yes. to you. That don't, should. Don't expect to hear from The Rock. No, right. no. Maybe don't expect. It's a good to, rule in general. Yeah, don't expect really to hear from any celebrity online. Unless he's a pervy dude sliding into the DMs, because that does happen. By the way, um
6: you guys all watch ballers, right? Sure. Yep. Could the Rock get any huger? Like, it's at the point yeah. now where it seems like it's kind of hard for him to walk through doors.
5: Not only that, but I feel like his legs are so thick that you're always going to hear the pants. Like, the, remember that science sure. episode with? The
7: <laughs> <laughs> I
5: feel like that's happening everywhere he goes. His shirts look uncomfortable because yes. the neck is so tight. Is that
3: why he needs the money? Oh, that might days. be it. That's, he's asking maybe. for a new tailor.
6: <laughs> it's almost like whatever he buys, he gets too big for it within a week. Right. And then, so all of his clothes are too small.
5: Yeah, all the people on the set are like, listen, this fit last week. I don't know what to do. You've got to shoot right now. But his arms are like busting out of every shirt. Yeah. yeah
6: he's turning into a real-life Incredible Hulk. And I just feel so bad for Rob Corddry because it looks like because he's always <laughs> standing next to the rock. It looks like he's shrinking before our very eyes.
5: And he's just a normal-sized human. Right. Oh, God bless him. Remember when he had the poopies? Couldn't come in? Sure
3: do. That was great.
5: (laughs) He literally said, I couldn't come in because I had the poopies. That was said by a grown-ass man.
3: And was acceptable.
5: Totally! <laughs> right. Oh, I loved it. Well, Camila Cabello has smashed a very impressive record on Spotify. The 21-year-old singer has just become the first female artist to have a song hit one billion streams.
6: Wow. That is shy. Is this that's that's for uh, Havana?
5: Havana, yeah. Wow. That's a... Uh, that's a, a lot. lot.
6: Yeah. I'm a surprised lot. that Beyonce and Taylor Swift and some of the other ones hadn't gotten to a billion before.
5: Yeah, Dell, I would think. Yeah. A
6: I don't billion's know.
3: a lot.
5: A billion is a lot. How much money do you think she got for that? Like $12? Probably. Probably. Maybe, yeah. if she's lucky. <laughs> it is crazy, isn't it? And this is this is a real bummer, but William Shatner... Did an interview with the Daily News, and he addresses an issue that's also in his new memoir, Live Long and What I Learned Along the Way. He revealed that um, he eventually stopped talking to Leonard Nimoy and didn't even go to his funeral because he just felt unwelcome. And he writes, Until the day I die, I still wonder what caused that rift. After all the years we spent together, after the bond we had forged, what could I have done hmm. that was so irreparable? that he couldn't even talk to me about it hmm. I didn't know that
6: Neither. No. and in fact when he received that heat for not going to the funeral he explained that he was in Florida at the time and he had previous uh, other commitments that he had mm-hmm. and he would have had to take a private plane and on and on and on and on and on he made it sound like he had a reasonable explanation for not being there yeah. made no mention of a feud
5: yeah now it turns out he didn't go because he felt unwelcome that's
6: a shame
5: that is a shame get to the bottom of that. Mm -hmm. Let's call him for the next break. Sure. Because let's be honest, don't we know at some point when we have hurt someone or someone has hurt us, we know what the feud's about. I don't think, I think it's a very small case where you're just like, no idea what happened. I think, I think maybe he knows. Maybe that's in his next book.
3: Okay.
5: It's called, by the way, I knew.
3: I knew all along. I'm
5: just saying. I'd like to know. Some birthdays for you. Damon Wayans, Whitney Cummings, Beyonce Knowles, Max Greenfield, Dr. Drew, James Bay, and Mark Ronson. And that's what's happening.
1: It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Ku rock. It's Dick Man's Party. You will see this of
7: Halloween. This is
6: Halloween. This is Halloween. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pumpkin King himself, the great Danny Elfman, joins us in studio on the Kevin News Show. Danny, welcome back.
2: Thank you. Thank you. How you been, man? Good. How about
6: you?
1: We've
6: been good. Real good. Yeah, it's always good to see you. I love this time of year as we start to get into the... You know, the pumpkin uh, spice lattes are available, Danny. I don't uh, know if you're a fan or not, but... W-
2: well, um... I'm not a latte fan, but okay. I like everything pumpkin. Sure. Anything with pumpkin and cinnamon, I'm there. <laughs> okay.
6: Well, it's getting to be that time, and the reason Danny is here is, uh, and we'll get into it in uh, great detail, is the uh, Disney Nightmare Before Christmas is coming back to the Hollywood Bowl. Now, how many years in a row have you done this where you, uh, where you perform and sing and, along with the movie in front of a, a paying crowd?
2: Well, I mean, I did it uh, not last year, but the previous two years I did it. And mm-hmm. then I decided, well, I don't think I'm going to do it anymore. <laughs> and and then um, my managers came back and said, you know, it's the 25th
1: anniversary. Mm. And I said,
2: oh, ouch.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is it about you that makes you think, okay, I've done that. Now I want to stop doing that.
2: I don't know. It's That's, unique to you, I it, think. It's just Maybe me. It more
3: than most people.
2: I don't know. I You know, I, I feel like I should do something while it still feels right and not... You know, not to because you have to, or it's expected. Yeah, or... go on to the point where you're just like they're going. Well, why is he still doing that? Really? And, <laughs> well, I'll um,
5: tell you why because it's going to sell out any time you put these tickets on sale. People look forward to this so much.
2: Well, I, 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 I guess I know that. <laughs> and, and, I mean, to a certain degree, and I'm really grateful for that. But I just don't like there's something about. He's doing this every year. Mm-hmm. That really gets to me. You know, with Oingo Boingo, I did so many Halloween shows in a row. Right. And um, and when go- you quit, we were all like, oh, yeah, he'll take a year off, but then he'll be back. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's this a point where it's like, everybody's expecting me. They'll see me, i see you on Halloween. Well, how do you know you'll see me on Because I know where you'll be. And they it go, rubs you well, the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. I love and, it. And then uh, with this, I was saying, oh, my God, because I did the Nokia Theater three years before Nightmare. Right. So that was really two years ago. It was my fifth year doing these shows, and I was starting to go, This I'm going to get into another 15-year <laughs> you know, <laughs> Halloween thing again. <laughs>
6: but, but and, I hear what you're saying, but when you're standing there and you've got the orchestra behind you and you're in the one of the most iconic and beautiful venues in the world, and they're projecting not only the movie, but all the stuff around the movie, it's kind of magic though, I would imagine, even for you having to work that night, right?
2: No, it it, it is magic. And um, I still ha- I have not gotten sick of doing the Jack character. I mean, fortunately, uh, when I started this, uh, I guess, five years ago, um, I'd never done Jack live. And I don't do it like all the time on tour and around and go week after week after week. So I do it seldom enough. You know, we do it like an Elfman Burton or Nightmare Before Christmas, maybe, uh, you know, three, four times a year. And so it's still spaced out enough that I haven't kind of grown fatigued from it or, or sick of it you know sure. so that's that's been a good thing you know it's when, not like being in a band where you're going for months on the road doing the same songs every night and right. at a certain point you want to just you know you just want to go crazy and <laughs> sure so it's it's good that it's spread out and that this, I, I uh, just haven't th- got there
6: This job came quite a few years into your successful film scoring uh, career. You had already done, you know, Batman and a bunch of other stuff and the Pee Wee movies and everything. But was it the first one that you had to write lyrics for because of Jack Skellington?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was. So it was unique and uh, it went down so easily because unlike when I was writing for Oingo Boingo, um, I knew what I was writing about. There was a story and I thought, I've never done that before. Usually when I sat down to write a song, it's like... What do I want to write about? What am I angry about? What's annoying me? What would be funny? What would be ridiculous? Right. And uh, I don't know. And I just kind of start... Messing around, but here there was a story, and I said, "Oh my God!" There's no question about what I'm writing about. I'm <laughs> writing about Jack Skellington wandering into a forest, discovering a door in a tree, getting sucked down, and arriving for the first time <laughs> in Christmasland. Oh, you know, just the one of those, <laughs> right? Well, you know, <laughs> like, Tim, Tim would lay it out for me. He would tell me the story bit by bit by bit. So he would tell me just one part of it, and he'd show me pictures, and that way it was so easy because. I'd never in my life done anything where I knew exactly what I was going to sit down and start writing. But fact, it's, I- u-
3: it's unique as well in that I saw Harry Potter movie there with the score and the orchestra was playing. and That was really great. But there's no live music in that. You know what I mean? It's not focused on like it is in this particular uh, movie, and you being on stage being able to sing this character's words well, you it's know, really amazing.
2: it's thank you. you know, we have ten songs, so it's kind of a unique musical, you know, uh, most contemporary musicals have five or six, and Tim and I didn't really know anything about how to put together what a musical was supposed to be <laughs> <Is that> like <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we just ended up with ten songs. We were just we didn't even have a script at that point. And it's just, let's start telling the story in songs as much as seems appropriate, and then we'll figure the rest out. Has, so, uh,
6: has there Have you ever had an interest, because I know you're always
2: looking to expand what you do musically,
6: in writing an actual musical?
2: Um, you know, uh, it could be, maybe, yeah. If something weird or odd or unusual <laughs> came along that caught me. Um, I was working for about two years on a musical on the life of Houdini, but which never went anywhere. I realized, man... A real musical is a lot of work over many years. You worked for
3: two years on that, and
2: it came to nothing. came to nothing. And Nightmare Before Christmas, it took me one month to write all ten songs. What? Unbelievable. Yeah, I wrote a song pretty much every three days. Tim would come in, tell me the story. Literally, as he's telling me the story, I'm, I'm starting to hear the song in my head, and I'd kind of whisk him out the door (laughs) and three days later i'd call him and say i I got a song and he'd come over and listen to it okay cool and okay now the next song is like this (laughs) and uh um it yeah it was it was i've never done anything that was so direct and uh just went down so sort of seemed like it was laid out before you you didn't even have to think about it in a weird way i wasn't thinking about it as he was telling me it was just like yeah yeah i hear that okay i got it i got it and I would stop talking
3: right now. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> I, I,
2: I would have to say that. Stop talking because I'm hearing it in my head and I would really I would want to run into the little studio. That's a mind meld you and Tim had during that time. A mind meld. It's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I've never done anything like it since. That was so kind of directly simple. It just seemed to lay itself out and all I had to do was just kind of open up the gate and you do know, you go see musicals
6: out. on uh, on Broadway or when the, those touring companies come through Los Angeles? And uh, as a composer yourself, are you just in awe when you go see like a Hamilton or something?
2: Well, <laughs> I was just about to say, no, I don't. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I was about to say, except for Hamilton mm. <laughs> and the Book of Mormon. Uh, oh, sure. It's my so favorite. those are the two. I don't see many musicals. Those are the mm-hmm. only actually the only two I've seen in years. Can you judge them not on that level, a musical level,
3: which is what you do? Or does that sort of ruin it for you?
2: No, I mean, I, I, you know, when I'm enjoying a musical, I'm enjoying a musical. Most musicals I go see, the music makes me want to run out of there really fast. Um, The Book of Mormon was just hysterical. Right. And I brought my son to see it, and he just was 11 and he, he just he couldn't believe it <laughs> but um I, yeah oh i guess that makes me liable he's 21 i don't know why him. i said 11 he was 21 don't be ridiculous and um so but then we went and saw hamilton i saw hamilton and i was blown away and i brought my kids back to uh, see it with me. But... Yeah, it's amazing. I went in there really skeptical.
7: Because mm-hmm.
2: it's like, okay, it's a rap thing and, you know, two or three songs and it's said, it, but they can't sustain that for a whole thing. And then somewhere around the fifth or sixth song, I went, oh, man, they... He can sustain it. And, uh... And really, somewhere about the middle of the first act, I said, "Okay, I give up. This thing—it's is-
7: just <laughs> this is real- absolutely it's great. brilliant. It's just All right, brilliant. we
2: got to
6: take a break, Danny. I'm sorry to do this to you because we love hearing you talk. But uh, Danny Elfman is here blah, when we come back. Blah blah blah. We will blah, roll out blah. all the details you need to know about Disney Nightmare Before Christmas he with talks, Danny Elfman he talks, at the talks bowl. And We can't shut him up. <laughs> we'll tell you how you can buy your tickets, and we'll give away some tickets too, and more with Danny right after on camera. And maybe
1: we'll even it's shut the him up. Kevin and Bean Show. K- K-Rock. K-Rock. Thank
6: you, Danny Elfman. (laughs) We're talking about Disney Nightmare Before Christmas coming to the Hollywood Bowl. uh, I was going to say again this year, and I guess that's technically correct, but as you mentioned, you took last year off, so this is very exciting. It's the film's 25th anniversary.
2: Yeah, last year we actually did Dio de los Muertos in... uh in uh, Mexico City. Ah, oh, wow. Wow. And, and that was fun.
6: <laughs> Super fun. Uh, let me give out the uh, ticket on sale information before we run out of time. Tickets go on sale to the public this Saturday morning, September 8th at 10 a.m. through Ticketmaster. But there is a K Rock pre sale. You know how we do with the free password. Just go to krock.com, sign up, make sure you get the password, and you can buy tickets starting this Friday, September the 7th at noon. Okay? And I've
3: been, and
2: so it's great, great fun. Mm-hmm. And it is great fun. Uh, I, can't, I can't wait. I haven't seen it. Is it?
5: It's pretty good. Yeah, Chuck's all right. Okay. Yeah. Danny, what
6: did you think of, I don't believe, last time we had you on, I don't remember if it was out or not, but what did you think of the cover album of The Nightmare Before Christmas with uh, Fiona Apple and Panic! at the Disco and Korn and all those doing your songs?
2: I was just, you know, amazed uh, that all these artists were were doing that. That and they would? Yeah, that they would. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I mean, the range of people coming in and doing it and it was really flattering you know and it, 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 to the extreme
6: really I'm, that's interesting because you knew they were great songs obviously they've held the, you no, know, they've
7: stood the test that you know i didn't know
6: that
2: i never know that i just know i did it and it, it's you know done and but uh I, I don't know even
3: long afterwards you can't look at something and go
2: that was great no i could always i, I look at back at anything i've done forever if i look back and i go i could have done that better Really, mm. That's why I never, I had a policy with Oingo Boingo and then with the film scores, I never listen to anything. Once it's recorded and I've approved like a, a mix and a mastering, I'll never listen to it again.
5: Really? Wow. So no, do you I mean. even go to premieres where your music's in a movie? Well,
2: no, I'm, I'm at the premiere, but okay. that's usually still just as we're putting everything together. Right. I've, I've mm-hmm. usually barely finished a soundtrack album. But I mean, like when I did Elfman Burton, mm-hmm. 25th anniversary, and I put together suites for 15 movies um it was the first time i'd listened to each of those scores since i'd done them and it was really strange wow. and were like,
5: you judging them the whole time like oh oh yeah wouldn't oh, have done that God, what a
2: horrible recording
6: <laughs>
7: that was and so
6: that's... what about when yeah. you're at home and you're flipping around your tv and Mars Attacks is on will you stop for a minute and what or will you avoid that because you know oh i'm going to hear some of my music if i keep it on this channel
2: uh, it depends. Sometimes I'll stop for a minute, but my wife and I, we usually we both have a thing. It's like you know, she's an actress, and if one of her movies comes on, she'll say nope, turn, turn, turn. And, and usually, <laughs> if one of my movies come on, I go, I don't want. It. She wants to watch it, and I'll go, I want to see. I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. This was a terrible dub. It'll just get me angry. So we we kind of have a thing with each other because I want to watch the movie she was in of course sure and um you know so we we have to turn the channel if either of our work comes on that is really funny all right true or false danny elfman Uh, nightmare before christmas
6: was not a big hit when it came out 25 years ago
2: it wasn't it was one of those rare things that got a second life uh when it came out nobody knew what it was disney didn't know what it was nobody knew how to market it it was so different than anything they had ever done did it come out as a
6: halloween movie or a christmas movie back then
2: Uh, I don't even remember but I know that they were massively confused which makes sense and to their credit um, they realized years later that this thing had developed this cult following and it was actually growing and it was actually when Tim and I went to Tokyo for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and we saw Nightmare merchandise everywhere we went every toy store I had to be (laughs) so shocked. and Tim was like I've never seen most of this stuff and um Disney got involved again. They, and I'll, I'll tell you, a lot of companies just wouldn't have the. They go, no, no, no. We did that. It, it happened. It's over. But they really picked up the ball, and now we know what it is. Now we know what to do with it. And they started right. re-releasing it, and they really got behind it. So, uh, it's just there are so few movies that ever gets a second life. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, there's a few like Donnie Darko or um, maybe. Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's just very, very rare. So I was really sad when it came out and it just kind of came and went very quickly because I'd put so much work, because even though the songs went easy, I'd still worked on it for over two years between when it was started and finished. And that, but that must just, happen to you a lot though, because you 're not responsible
6: for how good or bad the movie is you 've done great scores for films that t- turned out to not reach we- you know
2: oh, reach no, no. a wide audience i 'm used nothing, to you fault. know spending forever a ton of effort on a movie that 's gone in a weekend you know but this one with the songs and everything else, and producing the music over such a period of time, uh, going back in constantly and re updating vocals and changing things to you know for Henry Selleck in the picture. Um, I was much more attached to the sure. visual. It's, it's what happens in animation. And uh, it, I was just—I feel really lucky with Nightmare that it just kind of got a revived life. Did you have to call Disney and say, hey, there's something
3: going on here? Or did they just sort of see it themselves?
2: Well, I don't know if Tim and Disney had conversations. I think they just picked up on it. You do. Yeah. That's amazing. And it is amazing. It's just very lucky and rare. Are they incorporating any Nightmare Before Christmas stuff into the theme parks?
5: Oh, yes.
2: Well, Disneyland, uh, the Haunted Mansion, becomes a big nightmare Jack yeah. Skellington kind of thing. It's, it's great. all Jack
5: all the time. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. walking so, all around. Yeah. It's one of my favorite times they, at Disneyland. They
2: really do, and they've got merchandising out. I, I think they've really done a good job in kind of like... But you don't go because you worked on it. <laughs> no, I've gone. You have gone. Oh, okay. yeah. All
7: right. Well, and you I, hated every minute of it. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that was different
2: because that was a whole different thing. And, and I love the Haunted Mansion, and I really wanted to see what did they do to the Haunted Mansion to kind of nightmareize it. It wasn't like listening to a score. It was really right. just seeing something totally different, and I was really curious, and I, I took my son, and, you know. That's, that's very awesome cool to that. see something that iconic change for you yeah I, it's amazing that they can change it over like that <laughs> and change it back i mean it's not like uh, just to take about one day flip it over right it's, it's a little yeah. more than that. yeah the full orchestra
6: and choir is going to be there you have some special guests joining you again this year from the film
2: as well danny well katherine O'Hara, of course playing sally ken mm-hmm. page doing his uh oogie boogie and uh um, even in the background singers that are joining us, there are some members of the original cast. Oh, is that right?
6: Oh, fun. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's great. All right, October 26th. October 27th, tickets are going on sale to the public this Saturday at 10 a.m. However, K-Rock Street team members, as you know, you get that pre-sale for free. Just go to k for all the details. You'll be able to buy tickets on Friday, September 7th for two shows that will sell out at the Hollywood Bowl this, uh, this October. All right. Anything else you want to share with us, uh, Danny, before we let you go?
2: Mm, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Danny.
7: You're
1: welcome. We, we enjoyed it. It's always fun My to have you pleasure. in. <laughs> Thank you. The Kevin and Bean Show, world-famous K-Rock.
6: You guys remember the Danny Elfman times?
1: Yeah.
5: Who's better than Danny Elfman?
6: He's a great dude. Zero the, people? The level of success he had in two different forms of music, though, yeah. is what's remarkable. And, and we didn't even get a chance to get into it. looks back and says, I don't I don't see that as good. Not happy with <laughs> any of it. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we didn't even get a chance to get into it, but now he's uh, he's writing, like, concertos and things like that. And, and Same. Yeah, for, for orchestras and everything. So he's going to end up being a, a great classical composer. In addition to, so he's incredible. Hey, uh, congratulations to uh, Joanna Chavez from Anaheim. She won the tickets for the Florence and the Machine show coming up at the Hollywood Bowl on September 26. She is also qualified for a VIP trip to Life Is Beautiful in downtown Las Vegas. Hey, look for Kevin when you're there. That includes round trip airfare on JetSuite X and hotel. We've got them for you every hour, all day long, all week long, from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. If you love Florence like we do. All right, Ali's here with our final look at what's happening on a Tuesday.
5: So this is this is just bizarre. Some Twitter guy wrote to Steve Gutenberg and said, hey, please film another installment of Police Academy and do it in London. To which Gutenberg responded, Adam, the next Police Academy is coming. No details yet, but it's in a gift bag being readied. No one knows if he's telling the truth, if he's just pulling his leg, because the last film released in the series was in 1994. Yeah, who's... Police Academy Mission to Moscow.
3: And who's heard of that, first of all? <laughs> uh, yep. And that second would... of all, yeah. who's
5: waiting for another one? Adam. <laughs> the Adam is. That's who is right That's there. That's weird. There I... are seven films in the franchise, by the way. The first one released in 84. And like I said, I last be... one, 94.
6: I would be stunned if you could get Bobcat. To even revisit the world of police academy, really? Well, because he's so successful as a director and does so little acting and whatnot, he's just moved on, I think, from that world.
5: But I feel like that's where you first got to know him. And Michael mm-hmm. Winslow—I mean, what's he doing? <laughs> right, making cool sounds with his mouth hole. Let's <laughs> get Wasn't all there a back. horse
6: too? Wasn't there a horse in the original series as well? Honestly, I don't remember. I don't okay.
5: Either. yeah.
6: Because that horse—I mean, he's got to be getting up there. Are you
5: thinking about getting the original horse back? That's what we're going to? Yes, I thought we were
6: were getting the band back together.
3: The
5: horse is getting old. we got to move. Was there a cat? (laughs) One of them had a cat. Did one have a cat? But Bean. Oh, Bubba Smith was Moses Hightower in those
6: movies, remember? Bubba Smith. Bubba Smith. Oh, this has to happen now.
5: See, now you're in. (laughs) Now I'm in. (laughs) Screw the horse. (laughs)
6: <laughs> no, don't ever say that.
5: <laughs> oh, well, I wouldn't say that. And if you're wondering about Crazy Rich Asians, did they do it good again for the third weekend at the box office? Well yeah, they won it again with an estimated twenty two point two million in sales. That's just Friday through Sunday, but it was a three day weekend. So you factor in Monday's holiday crowds, they won it easily with about twenty eight million. That movie is That's fantastic doing great. People are I think it. I
6: read earlier that it is the highest grossing romantic comedy in 9 years or something like that. Oh. I mean it's yeah. it's really
5: huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Coming in at number 2 The Meg with 10.5 million followed by Tom Cruise's latest Mission Impossible Fallout. That was number 3 with 7 million and then at number 4 Operation Finale. I don't What is that, Kevin?
3: That is is the Jewish people tracking down...
6: Oh, with uh, what's-his-face,
3: Oscar Isaac. Yes, Oscar Isaac, yes. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah.
5: Oh, that's really funny because (laughs) Because, because my friend tweeted something over the weekend that made me laugh so hard, and it has to do with that movie. My friend Leslie Grossman what tweeted. What your friend
3: have tweeted that made you laugh so hard about that hilarious, hilarious movie about tracking <laughs> down Nazis?
5: <laughs> she wrote, Oscar Isaac playing a Nazi hunter is a very specific kink for a Jewish woman.
6: <laughs> That's funny. That's I want to see funny. this. Isn't this the one where Ben Kingsley maybe?
5: I saw
3: it. Yes, it's Ben Kingsley. Oh, you saw it? it. Okay. Yeah, I saw it this weekend. How do you think oh I have God. any of that information on my top of my head? I thought that's it was odd.
5: It. I thought it was real <laughs> odd, but this just doesn't seem like a movie you'd see. It's
3: just I was in the mood for it. I don't know. All right. You're in the mood for some <laughs> that's really <laughs> a weird, you know how I know. Kevin Look.
5: Gets.
6: <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to no. live in a world where Kevin goes to see a smart movie instead of the Meg, yes, by this the way. is very
4: weird. Was it opposite weekend? Must yeah, have been. What is happening? Shut really, chip? It <laughs> looked bizarre.
5: good. It just okay, looked okay. good.
3: I hadn't heard about it, uh-huh. and look, I saw the trailer and looked. All good.
5: Right. It, that's all. Was it heavy? Um, yes, but not hmm. incredibly. Yeah. How I hot mean, was
3: Oscar Isaac?
6: He's always hot, right? Oh, man, good. So sounds like Kevin will allow it. That's all a good right. movie. Well,
5: good. I guess we.
6: But you guys suck it.
5: I don't think that's necessary. <laughs> okay. Why don't you suck it? You still haven't seen the Meg. We I know. we count on you to see the Meg.
7: I know. Have
5: You Radio seen the previews Zero. for the uh, the other Oscar Isaac's movie?
3: I don't know what that is.
5: Life itself. No, it's the creator of uh, this is us. Oh. I'm just saying, just saying. Watch the preview and hold on to your butt.
9: I just realized I
5: do not know this bitch. Okay. Oh, all right. Concerning. Do you hold on to your butt? Just hold on to your butt watching that preview because you're you're going to sob at a preview. Okay. At least I did, which isn't shocking. It. He gets it. <laughs> hey, Kevin, we haven't had much Prince Harry, Meghan Markle news in a bit. Would it interest you nope. to know that they have adopted a dog, a Labrador retriever, and we finally, finally know its name?
6: Now, does this qualify as being part of the royal wedding? I don't think so. Don't it's
3: not about the so. wedding. Too yeah. far past
6: that? Okay.
5: Yeah. Plus, they already have um, Megan's Beagle guy that came to London. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a dog already, but they have adopted a Labrador.
3: And the Labrador's name is Count Smoky. Nope. Mm.
5: Very close, like, though. Larry. No.
3: would be funny if they pick a comedy name?
4: Senor Grande.
5: Senor Grande. Rats, yep. babies. That's babies. It's just a weird name for a dog. these nuts. Nope. Come on. They heard a tornado. Nope. <laughs> 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 Would you like to know the dog's name? Yeah, sure. The dog's name. Don't really care about it is Oz. Oz. Yeah, that's cool.
3: All right. That's a great update. Thank Keep you. them coming.
5: Hey, Dolly Parton. It's going to be the Music Cares Person of the Year at the Grammys in February. She'll be the first country western star ever to win the prestigious music industry honor. Past winners, Sir Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, Stevie Wonder, Billy Joel, Paul Simon, Aretha Franklin.
3: Wow, that's quite a list.
5: Yeah, last year Fleetwood Mac. So she is in good company. However, a Recording Academy spokeswoman could not confirm the selection, saying nothing has been finalized. So if this news is out there and it's not her, that sucks. Right? (laughs) What if they're like, it's so not Dolly Parton. That would just be sad.
6: She has done so... Well, she's always done a lot for charity, but this last couple of years, she has really stepped up. Remember when she paid to take care of all those people who lost their homes and those fires in Tennessee and everything. Yes. And I mean, she was she really gives a lot back. So I think she sounds like an excellent choice.
5: She is an amazing woman. For and sure. I do love that she always says it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs> and her quote, if I see something sagging, sagging or dragging, I'm going to have it nipped, tucked or sucked. <laughs> oh. I love oh. her. That That's not... She just meant...
1: That's a woman for you. Surgery. Right? Surgery. twice.
5: Oh. Yeah. Gotcha. Some birthdays for you. Damon Wayans, Whitney Cummings, Max Greenfield, Beyonce Knowles, Dr. Drew, James Bay, and Mark Ronson. And that's what's happening.
3: Thank you, L.A. And drive home today. Listen to a commercial-free 5 p.m. hour, Random Act of Helpfulness, and the SoCal Helpful Honda Dealers. Tomorrow morning on an all-new Kevin and Bean Show. We didn't have time today for uh, weird phobias, so we're going to do that tomorrow. And also, the uh, Colin Kaepernick Nike thing. Have you guys ever destroyed your clothes? Set them on fire,
6: cut them. Because I've just been so mad just at so something. angry? Have you ever That's done that for anything? Have I ever destroyed my own stuff? Yes, for any reason. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> seems odd,
5: right? When, uh, when Wes Welker was traded to, I believe it was the Broncos way back when, mm-hmm. I put out a picture of my Wes Welker jersey. I a had, picture of it. I had dried flowers. I had a bottle of Jack. <laughs> and then I had a candle. And it was just kind of like a shrine to him. But I didn't burn it. I right. just I lifted him up I as a little man. You go, Wes. You you get your wings. He didn't die, right? Uh, no, no.
3: And also take us to Florence and the Machine at the Hollywood Bowl as
9: well tomorrow morning.
1: The Kevin and Bean Show on K Rock.
9: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?